0: Welcome to That Mom Life. I'm Sarah Jordan and today I'm very excited because I have one of my best friends, my uh, the Christina to my Meredith as from Grey's Anatomy, someone that I've been friends with now for oh my god, almost over 10 years now.
1: 10 years. I don't know how yeah. that happened.
0: I know. <laughs> this is my friend Morgan and Morgan and I met through mutual friends. I was that how we met. Yeah, at a party like 11 years ago, 12 years ago you're married. Now your husband and I did go to high school together. So that's how it like, of course, linked back into the people I already knew is because I knew her now husband because he graduated a year ahead of me. So you were one of those people. I know we started bonding over planning weddings before Pinterest was a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Which is super difficult, but you're always one of my go to people for mom advice. I can remember the first time I got pregnant. I am now mom of three. You're a mom of two. Mm-hmm. You immediately told me, "Don't you dare Google anything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stay off of Google." What? What is People your What is your do.
0: profession?
1: Um, I am a registered nurse, and I am a certified lactation counselor.
0: <laughs> See, this is why I go to her. So she is like <laughs> my—I almost said my baby mama guru, but that is not. <laughs> comes out I way mean. wrong <laughs> kind of. I mean when it comes to all things trust me I have asked her so many questions we're so close that when it comes came to sizing my breast pump I was like I remember what one point standing in your kitchen and just be yeah. like will you look at this will you please look yeah. at these? there are no lines
1: that we cross <laughs> in our relationship
0: you know what at this point no and I mean you and I've also traveled together um, mm-hmm. I took you with me to LA once for the Grammys The best trip ever that really was one of those trips that it still feels weird to say. Yeah. That one time we went to the Grammys. <laughs> yeah. I still weird people out when I say, yeah, I got to go to the Grammys. and meet some of these people. They're like, no, you didn't. No,
1: but, but I did.
0: Cause my actually, I also. was just showing my son that camp because he likes watching the voice. And so he knows who Nick Jonas is. Uh-huh. So he's like, wait oh, a second. Yes. You've met <laughs> Nick Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. camp, that And we the- hugged him. Yes, that is the first celebrity that I've ever seen the kids look at me like, wait, what? <laughs> They're like, you have a weird job, mom. Yes, I do. Um, you and I also then took a um, couple's trip to Vegas. Has that been three mm-hmm. years now?
1: Um, oh yeah, it has been three years because Oliver was just over a year old.
0: That's so weird. I feel like we've gone on more vacations than that together. But either way, if 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 this is not to show that Morgan is one of my best friends and one of those people I trust more than ever. So I need to step back even beyond our friendship. We'll rewind even just a little bit more. So you grew up in Southern Indiana, correct?
1: I did. I graduated from Jeff High in Jeffersonville. And I've lived here except for like the short two years that I lived in Louisville um, for pretty much my entire life. And...
0: Did you always know you wanted to have kids?
1: Um, yeah. I remember pretty quickly when I married my husband. We didn't want to wait a really long time. Um, things happened much faster than we anticipated they would. But from the time I was probably 17, 18, I wanted to be a mom. Um I loved babysitting. I babysat pretty much my entire college career. Um, I loved other people's kids, and I wanted to do that with my own kids.
0: Now, you and I are part. of... I feel like I know friends that had kids in their mid thirties, and then you mm-hmm. and I were part of the group of people that had kids in our mid twenties. Yeah. Did you always know that you wanted to have kids when you were younger, or is that just kind of obviously depending on finding your husband, getting married, blah 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 blah? I think
1: I was just at that point in my life. I had been with my husband before we got married. We were together for a really long time before we got married. Um, so I just feel like we were both at that point of our life. I wasn't against having kids early, but it wasn't necessarily a part of a plan that I had. Um, but I now that I had them when I did, I love having my kids when I was a little bit younger so I can have more fun with them and keep up with them and just be at the point of life that I can really enjoy them. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I remember the first time I announced I was pregnant, there were some people that I knew that were like, "Wait a second, you're not, you're really young. Are you sure?" I'm like, "What do you mean am I sure? Like, <laughs> too late." Um, uh, but I'm yeah, really um... that... <laughs> it's it, they're in there now. Um, <laughs> I, I'm so relieved that I also had kids at a younger age. Obviously, my husband's older than me, and we were only dating a year, engaged a year, and then we got married. And then I know. You got married almost exactly one year behind me mm-hmm. at the same venue and everything, the May Club yeah. over in New Albany, Yeah, which they just celebrated their 100th year, which is so cool. <laughs> That's crazy. Isn't it though? So this is reasons why I love Morgan. I think one of the things that is different from you and I growing up, I knew I always wanted to be a mom, but I was not a kid person. I honestly can think of maybe one time that I ever babysat, which is yeah. Crazy, and I had never actually changed a diaper until I was in the hospital (laughs) with a newborn baby. Because that's, that's what I try to tell some people. They're like, I mean, I want to be a mom, but like, I'm not really a baby person. And I'm like, I wasn't really a baby person until it was my own kids. Yeah. But you were you were a kid person, baby person through and through.
1: Oh, I, yes. I loved kids. Babysitting was always one of my favorite ways to make a little side cash. When I was in high school and college, um, I had a couple of families that I watched their kids from the time. They were like two until I got out of college and started being a nurse and couldn't keep up with it anymore. So. I've always loved kids. Kids.
0: So where did you go to college for nursing?
1: I went to IU Southeast in New Albany. I did their four-year bachelor's program. I loved it. Um, I know it's a local school, but it's one of the best nursing schools in the area. Um, I feel like I got a really good experience there. Um, They have great clinicals. I had fantastic instructors. Um, I just felt really well prepared for when I came out of nursing school.
0: You know, you and I, since we both did grow up in Southern Indiana, I know that there was a stigma against going to the college that was within 10 minutes driving distance from both of us. But honestly, that's one of my, not that I love to live with regret, because I still had a good education. But like, if I could go back and do it again, 100% would have gone to IUS when I moved back to Louisville to start in radio. Because IUS's program is so good and it's linked to such a bigger school, obviously, IU. So I think that's the thing that like growing up here, I failed to really put those two pieces together that like, Mm -hmm. this is just a satellite and separate campus, but still attached to the big, big, big dog, IU. Yeah, I mean, my,
1: my diploma doesn't say IU Southeast on it. It says Indiana University on it. So I have an Indiana University degree. It's just from their smaller satellite campus.
0: How long have you been a full-time nurse now?
1: So I graduated nursing school in May of 2010. um, And I started working in June, 2010. So a little over 10 years as a nurse now.
0: This weirds me out because like, I forget that I've known you that long. And that does not seem like that long ago (laughs) that I remember you, what you were wearing in your graduation pictures that you posted. (laughs) school.
1: I mean, I, it not, I have a hard time believing it's been ten years already.
0: I mean, and it's such—I I respect you so much, just because the medical field. I love to support it. I love to thank them, but there is no way I could handle what you're dealing with, considering I'm the girl that's passed out from shots before, um, <laughs> or a bad IV going into my arm. Um, actually, yeah. that makes me laugh. That also, Morgan has also taken me to surgeries before. I have. <laughs> Because I remember you took me home from a surgery once and they mm-hmm. they blew my vein, putting in my IV and I was texting you and you're like, I will come do you back just want there. me to come back and do it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's how much I trust you. Like even post surgery, please help me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you've been a nurse for 10 years. Have you always you've always been on the the pediatric side, haven't you?
1: So I did PEDS for a brief stint as soon as I graduated nursing school. Um, I did PEDS for about nine months. And then I went into mother baby, which is technically, I guess, still pediatrics. Um, But that's kind of where my heart was and my home was. I worked there a little bit before I graduated and then moved to PEDS to be a nurse and came running back home as soon as I could.
0: What is the best part about working In Whether it's, I mean, I know you're working in mother and baby now, but you're still obviously around teeny tiny babies. What is the best part that drew you to that?
1: So one of my favorite things about being a mother baby nurse is getting to take a family. um, And it's not just first time parents. Sometimes it can be their second or third kid and getting to watch them bond and learn how to be a parent to a new baby in the first couple of days. I love getting to come in and show people how to change a diaper and how to swaddle and how to burp a baby. The things that, you know, I may take for granted because I have two kids and I do this every day, but some people truthfully and honestly don't know what to to do. Um, And just to be a really big part of that education and the first couple of days getting to nurture a family and watching them uh, take care of this new tiny human that they brought into the world which is very special and very rewarding.
0: I'm so glad that there are nurses like you because being in the hospital now three different time with three different kids that I mean, obviously the labor process sucks real bad. Um, (laughs) And that is a whole different set of trauma on its own. Yeah. But truly the people that take care of you once the baby is there and not even just that, but like the mom trying to heal, because I remember that was the most shocking part to me that I felt like no one prepped me for was Mm -hmm. not only are you trying to figure out how to handle a tiny human that you've never met before, never had a newborn, but you're doing it when you have just gone through major trauma with your body. Yeah. Whether it's
1: like having a baby naturally or having a C-section, that's major abdominal surgery. Even though you get a new baby out of it, you still have to take care of yourself after having major surgery.
0: Yes. And that was the thing I kept telling my husband. I remember right at first I was like, if I was just healing then that would be different trying to handle a newborn or just handling a newborn. And I felt great, but it's like, now put all those things together. You're sleep deprived. You're in a hospital. There's things beeping. There's things happening. So those nurses, I can remember being the most clutch people ever when they were still taking care of me. And obviously they're seeing everything. So Mm -hmm. and they have to, so you
1: get real
0: (laughs) close with those nurses.
1: You get real personal with your patients real fast.
0: Yes. I can remember my one, my first nurse that was in my postpartum after having camp, she looked at me and she's like, listen, everyone left the room. Has anyone told you about the first time you go poop after having a baby? I said, excuse me. (laughs) I was like, totally caught off guard. She was like, it's going to hurt like hell. You're going to hate it. You need to make sure you take all the medicine they give you to make it any Mm -hmm. that easier. She's like, no one tells you that. And I was like, Okay. Thank you. Random nurse lady. (laughs) Uh, It's while you're getting the most adorable human, which being pregnant and going through having a baby is I think not the most spiritual experience you can ever have. In my opinion, like there's nothing like it, just your body knowing what to do. But then the aftermath is not pretty.
1: (laughs) No, it's not. There's that meme that goes around that says you never forget or not the meme, I guess the picture that I see floating around occasionally. You never forget that nurse that helps you put your ice packs in your mesh panties for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I have patients yeah. all the time. Who are like, I'm so sorry you have to do this. You I don't know how you do this every day. I'm like, but I but I want to do this every day. I want to be the person that helps you take care of yourself and then get in bed and take care of your baby. So you know how to do this when you go home.
0: That was my biggest breakdown after baby one. I was in the hospital. And of course, which during first baby, and obviously this was pre-COVID and everything else, it's like you want every single person to come see that baby, not realizing that you've been awake for over 30 hours straight. You're extremely Mm -hmm. exhausted. And now you've got constant visitors and can't take a nap and you're in extreme pain. So by the time everyone left, I had a moment by myself and it was just me and the baby. And I started sobbing because I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh this is real now. Like we're getting ready to go <laughs> home and I don't know what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> I have to take this small human that I made home with me
0: now. And no one and no one told me that how to do anything. I mean you were it's just such an instrumental thing what you do and I respect it so much just because you're right. I seeing a family come together and I'm seeing siblings meet their tiny babies and yeah. You are right. I can remember after Maggie back in, I almost forgot which month it was, November. Um, (laughs) November, I I know. Got tired today. Thank you, children. But I got up in the, the middle of the night and I went to go walk to the bathroom. Like they told me, of course, I knew I had to do after an epidural, you have to get up and go pee within a certain amount of time by yourself. And this is slightly graphic, but I was like bleeding on the floor. Like I didn't mm-hmm. fall down, but like there, there was just blood coming out of me <laughs> and I like called the nurse and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I've hundred percent been that patient just apologizing repeatedly to the nurses. Yeah. So from all of us, they, we want to appreciate nurses like you that say it's okay because we feel real bad about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Never feel bad about it. It's a normal part of life and I could pick so many different things that I could go and do every day, but that's what I choose to do. And that's what I want to go do every day.
0: Now, on the flip side of that, what is the hardest part about dealing in mother and baby?
1: Um, I think just expectations, especially um, caring for multiple families from multiple different backgrounds at the same time. Um, just always meeting everyone's expectations that they have of you for a day. And it can be pretty chaotic. For the most part, our patients are healthy, but we occasionally get some pretty sick moms and they require a lot of care and attention. And you have to be quick to think because things can go wrong really fast. So you have to be quick to keep an eye on vital signs and bleeding and a baby that can get sick really fast. And it's just a lot of critical thinking combined and also keeping family members calm in the same moment um, so people don't pick up on, you know, us stressing out if something's happening very quickly.
0: Yeah, I I can't imagine. I mean, I know some of the situations and clearly for HIPAA purposes, you can't say anything. But I mean, you could put in some very scary situations mm-hmm. and not even necessarily life or death situations because you deal with that. But I know that, I mean, sometimes you could have a mom come in there and they could be on drugs or um, there could be a situation in which you feel like you have to go tell somebody, but you are beholden to a certain law set of rules that you have to Mm -hmm. follow certain procedures, even though I'm sure in your head you're screaming, but you can't do anything. Yeah. I can't that, that moral obligation and just that there's a certain set of rules. But I think like you said, keeping a cool head because clearly no one would benefit if you all of a sudden were like, I don't know what to do to a patient. I mean, we're not just
1: taking care of a mom. We're taking care of a mom and a baby and a family. So there's usually a spouse that's involved. And pre-COVID, there were grandparents involved and siblings involved. And, you know, there's more than just one or two people that you have to keep in mind when something's happening. And when things happen, you have to try and keep as cool of a room as you can, just because it's, it's much easier to handle a situation when everybody is calm than letting everybody get stressed out and worried.
0: Have you ever had to just like walk away and take a moment?
1: Oh, yeah. I've had to go lock myself in the med room or lock myself in our break room and just sit there for a minute and come back out and keep doing my job.
0: I again, I could never imagine doing what you're doing because it is life and death. Um, And I've also noticed through the years I've met some of your nurse friends, but your nurse (laughs) friends. You guys are not just like co-workers. No. You guys are friends on a very deep level now.
1: Yes. Yes. Some of my closest and best friends I have made through work. And I, as much as like you are my best friend, yes, I've known you for 10 years. And some of these girls I may have only known for three or four years, but I know them on a different level than I know my outside friends. Some weeks I spend more time with them than I do my own family because of how much I'm at work.
0: And they have to, you need them. I mean, you couldn't go to work and do what you do without being close to the people around you. No, You'd be miserable. That's I, too much I
1: have some of the best coworkers. Our floor, we have some of the best, most tight knit coworkers that you would find anywhere.
0: That's what I love. we I were had that conversation a couple weeks ago. It's like you get you have these different groups of friends, and sometimes I think it does take like not necessarily a traumatic incident, but you're, when you're going through something more difficult and you have to bond and trust those people on a different level and your trust, again, you're dealing with life or death situations. There's a friendship and a bond there and you can't make anywhere else, but there. Yeah. I can't understand that. And I'm one of your best friends. And I was like, I'm, I realize you're best friends with him. You need to be it. I'm not like (laughs) clearly jealous. I'm like, good for you. Um, but that, that you guys are just dealing You're warriors. And I mean, especially with, What's going on right now? I mm-hmm. mean, what has it been like going to work in the in a pandemic?
1: Um, so the hospital setting in general has just changed a lot. I thankfully work on a floor that is very separated from a lot of cases that come through With suspected COVID or with COVID, not to say that we don't take care of patients that have it, but we're very much separated from all of it. They're trying to, you know, keep our moms and babies as healthy as they can. Um, But just the setting in the hospital is much different in general. There's nowhere near the amount of visitors. Um, We've actually been limited to just having one support person with a mom after they deliver. Um, And as much as I know it's hard for the moms to be able to deliver in that setting and not have, you know, their moms or grandma or siblings come up to the room. It's been such, it's been a different change, but it's been a really good change in a way. We get to see parents really focus on taking care of their baby and not taking care of the 47 family members and visitors that would typically come in after delivery and moms are sleeping more and Breastfeeding goes so much better, and they just bond so much better with their new baby the first couple of days than with a room full of visitors. So, as much as it's been a different change, in some ways, it's been a very
0: nice change. Honestly, that makes sense. And I think finding those silver linings, because again, baby one, I think I had like, probably not joking, at least 30 people come by the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And I did the same exactly. thing. <laughs> Of course. And I know you've been at the hospital after every one of my kids. I've been at the hospital with you after yours. Um, Actually, after my second, obviously with Kennedy, after my placenta got stuck and I had emergency DNC, I remember you were one of the last people. No, you stayed with me kind of late that night now that I think about it.
1: Yeah, I came when I got off work.
0: Yeah, you came late and honestly helped take care of me too because I could barely get out of bed from like blood loss that time. I mean, it is a different situation. I can remember... um, my lactation consultant who is actually one of my friend's mothers and I've known her for 20 years just happens to be my LC as well she told us after the first baby those first two weeks at home no visitors like you need to bond as a family and obviously mm-hmm. that was almost seven years ago. And she was giving that advice, obviously when all the visitors could come, but she said repeatedly, it is so important for you to bond with yeah. that baby and figure out how to be a new family. Because mm-hmm. when I have friends that are thinking about getting pregnant, pregnant with their first kid, um, I try to stress to them, nothing will ever be the same again. And I know that sounds scary and it's a, it, and it's amazing and it's stressful and it's different. But like when you have a tiny person in the house, literally everything you do from going to the bathroom, cooking, eating, nothing. walking, nothing nothing Nothing. absolutely nothing and so that bond is so much different because i can remember when we came home actually that happened when i came home in november um kennedy had rsv and it was flu season Mm -hmm. and i can remember texting you and you were like you need Mm -hmm. to cancel thanksgiving
1: yeah (laughs) and i was like mean
0: but you really do which, which is why I've basically been in quarantine since November. I went to work for like six weeks and then we got put into lockdown. So, I mean, Maggie's only known this house since November because we had to go into lockdown then. But honestly, being home like that and only having close people around, you're right. It is a different experience and it's kind of awesome. Yeah.
1: And I mean, so, I mean even being ahead. a nurse and having kids, I didn't know any better. My first baby, literally everybody and their brother was up there in that room for the two days that we were in the hospital. And I didn't sleep like at all. I went home and cried for the first three hours that I was at home because I was so tired. I never slept. So the second time around, I was like, I really just want the people up here that have to be up here. Like a couple people here and there are fine, but I really don't want 50 people in this room again.
0: So you're with your first, you tried to go natural and then you realized you were going to have to have a C-section, right?
1: So I was induced with my first because I was overdue. And then I just never progressed. So I ended up having a C-section with her. Um, And everything went fine. I have no issues with my C-section. It was fantastic. Um, So then when we had my second, I just went in with the mindset that if I never went into labor on my own, I was fine with that. If he didn't come by the time we scheduled my C-section, I was just gonna have my C-section. And that was perfectly fine with me. So I had a repeat C-section with my son and it was a fantastic experience.
0: What do you think is the best advice for moms coming in to have a baby? I know that could be that you literally could go in a thousand different directions. (laughs) I know one of the things that I always tell people is, um, stop trying to plan everything as much as you need a birth plan. But at the same time, like (laughs) everything is going to happen
1: and you can't predict. The biggest thing that I can stress is that yes, have a, have a plan of the way that you want things to go, but don't be so firm and rigid that when something doesn't go the way that you have it planned, that you beat yourself up over it. Be flexible and just know that your, your nursing staff, your doctors, our main goal is to have a healthy mom and a healthy baby at the end of things. So just don't go in with a plan that's so rigid that when something doesn't go the way that you want it to, that you internally beat yourself up over it. Cause that's, that's a hard thing, especially for a new mom is to not play the blame game. So just try your best to be flexible and just realize that we only want a happy and healthy mom and baby after everything is said and done.
0: Well, and you bring up a very good point. I can remember which one. I, I, I tried natural all three times, only actually accomplished natural the second time, um, even though that ended up being the most traumatic experience. Um, <laughs> not because of the natural labor, but because of the DNC, the DNC afterwards. The third time around, which I didn't take into consideration, was the fact that they had to induce me a week early. So my body was so mm-hmm. not ready. And yeah. I was hellbent on, if I could have Kennedy naturally, why can't I have this baby naturally? And I tried and tried and tried and tried. And it was the most excruciating pain in my life. And I got to a point where the contractions were coming so fast. I couldn't get a breath. I felt like yeah. my body was being ripped in half. And I yeah. was like, I have to get the epidural. And I had a nurse who did my natural labor with me and she was pushing me, pushing me. And she looked at me and she goes, Sarah, you're not going to get an award. If Mm-mm. you don't get an epidural, you're not going to get a free hospital stay. If you don't, if you have a natural labor, <laughs> she was like, you're still, you have to, to do Either way. way." Exactly. And I actually looked at Brian. and I said, but Brian, if we do that, we'll get another thousand dollar bill from the anesthesiologist. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God, get it up to her and Did you really just bring up the bill? <laughs> but when she I'm like clutching this nurse, like hugging her uh-huh. with all of my might. Again, labor and delivery nurses are superheroes. And I was hugging her. And she said, Sarah, you're not going to you didn't fail. She was like, we tried, but your body wasn't ready. Your body needs to relax. Just do it. And I was like, you're right. And as they're, I'm having contractions every like 90 seconds and they're putting a giant needle in my back. I'm clutching this nurse with all of my might and I did it. Mm -hmm. And it was, that ended up being the best labor I ever had because I was coherent. I wasn't in pain. I could still feel stuff. I mean, it was just, you just never know what to do in that moment. And so that's what I try to tell people. I'm like, go ahead.
1: No, I remember when I was induced with my daughter, they broke my water and then started giving me Pitocin and Pitocin contractions versus regular contractions are a whole different ball game. And mm-hmm. I remember we had taken a nap and it was probably around noon and my husband woke up from the couch and I'm sitting there like trying to quietly sob in bed because I didn't want to wake him up. And he looked at me, he goes, what's wrong? I said, I can't do this anymore. Like,
0: I'll be right back. I'm going to go find the nurse. (laughs) But see, that's what I'm talking about. Because again, I didn't realize that I was already in early labor with Kennedy, which is why that labor, which was all natural, went so much easier. A little Pitocin and bam. I mean, yeah, then your when your body's ready, your body's ready. With, with the third, they started me in the Pitocin and then like six hours later, i maybe progressed one centimeter and the nurse looks at me and she was like, Sarah, if they break your water, these are going to get a whole lot worse and it's going to be a whole lot harder for you to go natural. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not progressing. So I told them to do it. So you're right. The Pitocin and combination of them breaking my water for me, Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit, this is different. And this hurts so bad. Yeah. So I mean, I think I put up with it for about 10 hours. And then I was like, no. I'm going to die.
1: <laughs> You're a better woman than me. I lasted a whole three hours. I was like, just, just bring the meds in. I don't want to do this anymore.
0: I'm, yeah. I mean, luckily, everything ended up all is well. And the baby came out one stitch on the third. I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> but that's what I keep telling people that go in. They're like, oh, I've already had this many kids. I'm like, hang on a second. Every baby is different. Every baby reacts differently. Mm-hmm. Your body yeah. is now worn and torn. Therefore, yeah. it's going to react differently. And you're older. <laughs> like, So oh, yeah, that's something that people don't tell you
1: about the older you get. No, they- <laughs> Your body's just not the same anymore. <laughs>
0: Well, again, baby three. I text Morgan or my lactation consultant. Basically, if there's anything going on during pregnancy, those are the two people that I text. And if one doesn't answer, I text the other one. And you were like, Your body's angry. You've had three kids in like five years. So your body's just angry. Nothing's wrong. I was like, Okay. Yeah. Even my doctor said that. She's like, You have an angry uterus. I'm like, Okay, cool. <laughs> it's hard to make your uterus happy other than relaxing, but. Yes. Either way, I mean it's one of the best experiences. And you actually just brought up something. Does do you feel like you're a nurse at home too, or when you're at home, does nurse mode totally totally turn off? Oh because my it's gosh. Your kids?
1: So my husband and my mom laugh at me because when something happens to my kids, I don't remember a single thing that I have learned as a nurse. When something happens to my kids, I am a mom. I'm not a nurse. I freak out. I will call or text them, and they're like, "Morgan, you know what you're doing. Would you stop for five seconds and think about the question you just asked me?" I like, I lose my mind. My kids are my kids; they are not my patients. I'm not a nurse at home. I am a mom. (laughs) So,
0: uh, they're so funny to me because we have a mom text, and we ask you stuff, and you answer. But when it comes to your kids, you're like, "Nope." (laughs) I'm clueless. I'm completely clueless when it comes
1: to my own kids. My like, my worst fear is my kids being in the emergency room for something that I could have prevented at home. And the first time we ended up in the emergency room with Caroline, she fell out of a chair and broke her collarbone, which is a super like common thing that toddlers do because they're toddlers and they don't care what they do. They'll jump out of chairs and off dressers and everything. But she starts screaming and my husband's downstairs working and I carried her downstairs and I looked at him, I was like, I, I don't know what to do. He said, What do you mean you don't know what to do? She's crying. Fix it. Fix it. Like, but 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 she, she won't stop crying. I don't know what to do. He's like, Well, let's if if you Did think you she hurt f- herself that's bad, let's go to the emergency room. Is
0: that the only time you've had he, to go to the airport?
1: uh with her, yes. With um my son, he's four now, and we've been to the emergency room twice with him. Um, But with her, I, she was so unconsolable. Like she's my happy kid. She's always been a happy kid. She's never really upset by anything. And I heard something crack when she fell that day. Um, So we, unfortunately, my husband was a photographer at that point, had to cancel his shoot early and to the emergency room we went.
0: A misconception that you're you're still Nurse Morgan at home. No, you're not. You're just mom nope. now. And I'm like, oh, nope. it's my kid now. I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I love our pediatrician so much. And I remember telling her when I went in for, I think it was probably Caroline's first visit. I told her, I was like, I know I'm a nurse and I know I do this every day, but I'm neurotic and I don't know anything when it comes to my own kids. So if you could just treat me like I'm not a nurse, I would really appreciate that.
0: Why do you think your brain kind of just goes into I have no idea what to do? Do you think it's just more of like a you second guess yourself because it's your own kid?
1: I think so. Um, Just because I don't ever want to miss anything when it's my own kids. And I, I mean, I know I'm not the only one that does it. I have other nurse friends that say the same thing. Like they will say they text other moms or text their doctor and like, this is what's happening. I think this is what's wrong. But can you, you know, back me up? This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Just because you, I always second guess myself when it comes to my own kids.
0: I, I don't blame you at all. I mean, again, there are the times that I have called you in very strange situations <laughs> and very strange and you have answered me and so calmly and kept me calm because I feel like when I'm having that lose it moment of crying, I don't, I'm not one of those people that just like calls people in, cries to them. And there are very few people I trust enough to cry like that in front of. And I feel like, unfortunately, you're one of those people that you get my teary phone calls too. You get my hey, crying a lot. Phone calls.
1: The teary, scared phone calls, because if I can fix it, I'll help you fix it.
0: You have to you've helped me before because you've been like, Sarah, are you driving? Stop driving. Please talk to me. (laughs) What's going on? And then I will revert myself and figure it out and go on. But I I'm glad to know that even highly educated nurses when it comes to their own kids are like, I don't know. That's why I mean, yeah, having a pediatrician that you have a good relationship with is so clutch. And I mean that's part of the reason why I started this podcast because when I was having kids, I had you. I had lactation consultants. I had other friends that had kids. So mm-hmm. I always had someone to talk to, whether it's breastfeeding questions, pregnancy questions, kids fall down. What's this rash? I don't care. I had someone to ask, but then as I was pregnant with Maggie and after that, I realized there were so many people that didn't know who to talk to. Either they were the first person mm-hmm. in their group of friends <clears throat> to have it, or they didn't know anyone else that was breastfeeding. Their parents didn't breastfeed. They didn't have a lactation consultant or didn't have a close relationship with their pediatrician. And I'm like, if there's anything I can do to at least show people they're not alone, that other people are going through these things too, or here's who you can go seek out. I mean, That was my whole purpose because I realized my circle was strong. Um, But other people don't have that.
1: No. And when I had my first, I had one other close friend that had a baby. And that's like all of my other friends were still young and not married yet and no kids. And I like even as a nurse wanted that companionship with other friends that were in similar parts of life that I was. So shortly after most of my friends starting having kids, but like at the time my daughter was born, I, my mom group wasn't huge.
0: No. And it's an important thing to have. It's so important. So what do you think people should do if they don't, if they're, for instance, the first person in their group of friends or family to have children, what do you think is a good resource for them?
1: Um, so, as much as Facebook is not the best place in the world sometimes, I really do feel like there are a lot of really good resources on social media, um, especially like for breastfeeding help. There are La Leche groups online that you can find in almost any city that you live in that you can look up and find help on there. Um, most of the hospitals in the area have Mommy and Me groups that they come up with. Now, Right now with everything going on, I'm not certain how they're meeting or doing things. Um, But you can find mommy and me groups that will sometimes go and have little play dates at the park or go to the zoo together Um, or even just reaching out to your friends that don't have kids. You may think that you're putting them off by wanting to spend time with them with having kids, but you're probably not. They will come hang out with you and your kids and just sit and talk to you to have that companionship.
0: And I think one of the other things is, um, uh, I totally agree with you about the little H A leagues and the the breastfeeding support groups on Facebook. Because you're right, there's a lot of stuff on Facebook that you don't want to be a part of, but there are those groups that I don't care what time of day it is, I see people ask questions about all sorts of things. Someone answers in minutes, always. Yeah, um, it
1: could be two in the morning, is, and somebody's probably awake feeding right. their kids, so they'll get up and wait, and they'll answer you
0: hundred percent. Cause I've witnessed it. I, again, I don't typically post in there, but I read it and I follow the group because I ask mm-hmm. my friends anyway. Um, but I think that's important to also know that it's okay to ask for help because I know that I am a person that does not ask for help. Well, I like to think yeah. that I can do everything. I can handle everything. I got this. I'm okay. I'm fine. But in all reality, like, It's okay to ask, like you said, your friends without kids. Hey, would you mind coming? I would love to hang out with you. I'm really stressed out. Would you mind come hanging out with me and the baby? And could you hold them for 15 minutes and let me take a shower? Um, I
1: cannot stress that that is one of the biggest things that you can do for your friends with new babies, whether it's their first kid or their fourth kid. If they're okay with you coming over and sitting and holding a newborn for 20 minutes so they can either take a shower or take a nap, just come and sit and hold their baby.
0: Yep that is like the best thing that in food, both things, love languages bring them food I don't care what it is bring them something they can eat later bring them snacks that they can eat when they're breastfeeding and trapped on the couch anything but don't be afraid to simply express what you need and how they can help you or try to explain to them how difficult it is right now and as much as you would love to go out to dinner at eight o'clock at night that's not a reality with parents and newborns but expressing that I know that at first for a while it's like when you first start having kids you've got your group of friends with kids in your group of friends that doesn't have kids and the gap between those becomes wider and wider as it's like, you'd kind of end up distancing yourself unintentionally Mm -hmm. from the group without kids because they're they're going out to the bar or they're going out to dinner at eight o'clock or they're doing an adults only trip. And it's like, well, can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Can we have I have a situation took, where all um, the kids run around together? That'd be great. Minus COVID That's like times. the best
1: day. That's the best day ever. Can we just all get together and throw our kids in the backyard and sit on the porch and have a drink together while they run amok in somebody's backyard and don't run away? <laughs>
0: I mean, honestly, that's the epitome of our friend group. Uh, it since is. you and I hang out, it's like, it is easier when all the kids are together, minus the babies, of course, they play with each other. They ask you a lot less questions. You make sure they eat something. But in the meantime, you get to still have adult conversation with yes. people who understand what you're going through. And it is a mental break, even though the kids are there from an adult perspective, you still get a piece of you back during that yeah. time. Yeah. And I think that's as much what I, as I right would love now, to just... Honestly
1: pick up and go and go out with some of my friends without having to bring my kids with me. It's not feasible all the time.
0: No, no. And especially like right now, like breastfeeding and stuff like that. Maggie doesn't like bottles anymore because I've been home since March. And so she hasn't needed a (laughs) bottle. Um. So you're right. It's just, I, and I think that's the thing that I miss the most that in quarantine and now post COVID with even hanging out with people, I miss my friends and I miss being able to hang out collectively together because yeah. by the time I go to bed at night, I haven't had any me time. I've either been working or dealing with the baby. And I mean, Camp and yeah. Kennedy the other night were like, can you get a babysitter for Maggie? And I'm Aww. like, mm, <laughs> no, <laughs> your baby sister away they're like just no no just <laughs> for a few hours it'll be fine oh That's- camp i know i know they meant it in the best way but i was like you cannot send your sister away and, well I mean, unfortunately they are- camp she's here for the next 18 years <laughs> Yeah, she's here for a long time now. They are more entertained now because she's much more interactive now that she's almost eight months old, and they can actually play with her and they they see her laughing at them and playing back. And but either way, I mean, this first year of newborn life, it's it is a challenge, and it still is a challenge. And that everything else on it, has been a it has been a year. Yeah. There are days I'm good, and then other days where I find myself like crying in the middle of the night when another kid starts crying. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: I like but I did, try yeah. so hard. All of my friends that have new babies, like you have me on Facebook Messenger, you have my phone number, please text me. I don't ever mind if I'm awake, I will message you back. And if it's something that I don't know the answer to, I will straight up tell you when you need to call your doctor. But if I can help with breastfeeding or questions after you have a baby, like I don't ever mind to be that person to answer questions because I don't want you to sit at home and worry or cry or not know what's happening. Like I want to be helpful if somebody needs help.
0: Yeah. And most moms, once they've had kids, no question is, uh, TMI. Um, because chances are they've thought it too. So that is, if anything, I've tried to offer that same thing to people and first time parent friends of mine that are pregnant right now. I'm like, I don't care. As pregnancy goes along, more things are going to get weird. Um, so please ask me anything. So Morgan, you are truly wonderful. You're wonderful. Oh, (laughs) Mm. I'm so glad that you were able to come and play with me today. And you and I were just able to sit and chat. I've been wanting to have you on for a while just because I respect you as obviously one of my friends. But as a nurse, as someone in the health field during everything going on, you are wonderful and have a fantastic outlook. And I don't know what I would do in my life if I didn't have you. So thank you for joining me today.
1: Well, I love you. You will always be the Quinn to my Olivia or the Christina to my Meredith. Or now that we have small children, the Susie to my Peppa, I guess. <laughs> Susie to my Peppa. You know what That's I'm talking <laughs> about. That's perfect. I I'll never get away from Peppa Pig for the rest of my life.